So um, once again, I just want to say welcome to everybody. Uh, today is Father's Day. So to all the dads that are here, happy Father's Day. Um, to myself, happy Father's Day. Um, I can't wait to get home and get fed. Um, apparently, I've got a foot massage, a back massage, a leg massage, a head massage. I don't know what I'm getting today. I'm just getting stuff. I mean, they, they walked out this morning and they're like, here you go, Dad, take our money. It's like, come on. So we'll see how that goes this afternoon. So um, I'm not going to tell any more dad jokes today. I think we had our fair share. Uh, we'll, we'll carry on after the service. But today, um, you know, we, we, we had an amazing time last week. Thank you to everybody that joined us at our, um, our family picnic, Prodeo in the Park. It was a great time of just getting together and just having fun. My gosh. Remember I told you I was going to play rugby. Man, I played rugby. And come on, man, I had to buy me new shoes afterwards. It was that bad. It was that crazy. So it was awesome. But we also just finished a series the week before that called Power Ups, and we were talking about working through the gifts and how um, we need to understand it and that we all have it. And it was just equipping us to understand that the gifts are with us. And so while I was praying into this week and trying to figure out, you know what, Lord, how are we going to move on to the next series? He said, just hold on. There's just one more thing I would like you to share with everybody today. And it's kind of like a, a part two, but a, a one sermon kind of part to what we were speaking about. And it's a very familiar passage that we find in Scripture, something that we've always heard, not like all Scripture isn't familiar. It's just something that people have heard and quoted and spoken about so often, and, and I, was just, I was just feeling like this is what we need to talk about today, because it's like we're going to be busy in the book of 2 Timothy, and it's a letter that Paul is writing to, to Timothy to kind of just encourage him, you know, kind of give him a pep talk. How many of you guys need pep talks? Uh, you know, a little bit just of encouragement, you know, to say, you know, keep going. Um, I adopted something um, from my mom. And uh, it really used to irritate me. Sorry, Mom. I still love you. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Shout out. Woo! I got to do that. You didn't. Yay! Yay! One up. I know who's the favorite now. So, um, um, you know, my, my mom always used to do this thing before I left the house. How many of you guys have ever left the house and it's been late already? But you have this mom, and she goes, no, my boy, come here. And she hugs you and kisses you and says, oh, man, you are so blessed. You are so amazing. And then she quotes the whole Old Testament to you. And you're like, come on, mom, I've got to go. I've got to go. But it's only now since I've had kids that I go, I, I get it. I get what she's saying. She's encouraging me. She's putting words of affirmation into who I am. So it's something I do with my kids as well, like every single day. I drop them off at school, and before they climb out the car, I just sit there, and I speak words over them. I have them say it over themselves so that they can remind themselves about who they are, that no matter what they face, they can still keep going. And that is what I believe Paul is telling Timothy through this letter. Now, Paul was in prison. Timothy was kilometers away from him, and so he couldn't tell him this over. There was no Twitter account. There was no Facebook. There was no FaceTime. So he sent him a letter. Old school people. How many of you guys got a letter this morning from your, your family? No one? Ah, dude. I'm sorry, ne? 
My kids wrote me a letter. I still don't know what it says. It's hieroglyphics, but no, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's so cool, and it's good to get that. So, but I believe Paul wrote Timothy this letter so that every day Timothy could open it up and be encouraged and reminded through it that no matter what you're facing, you should just keep on going. No matter how impossible or difficult things become, keep going. When things look like you just want to give up, just keep going. Just keep going. And this is what he tells them in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 to 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Now before I carry on, there it is. It is in you. It is in you. Now fan into flame that which is in you. It's not something that you need. It is in you. Can I remind you, we spoke about this for four weeks. The gifts of God are in you. If you're alive, say, it's in me. I got it. I'm going to use it. Like front row, you guys are amazing. And then he carries on in verse 7. It goes, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. In other translations, it says, of a sound mind. So today, I want to just take a few minutes, and we're going to be talking about this topic, it's lit. It's lit. You know, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm trying to be young. You know, people send me stuff on like Instagrams like, yo, dude, this post is lit. I'm like, yes, I have no idea what you're saying, youngster, but it's lit. And I get it. It's lit. We need to understand that which is in us, it's lit. It's not dead. It's not dormant. It is lit. And Paul is going, let me encourage you about something here quickly. So I've got to tell you this. Um, I don't know if it's something to brag about or something to keep quiet about, but I'm going to tell you about it in any case. I'm kind of raised a pyromaniac in my house. Uh, my oldest son, he loves making fire. Hey, I, I just love it. How many of you guys would love it if your kids could make fire? Oh, you never have to start a braai ever again. You know, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like, have you ever watched movies? Like, um, you see these guys with these lawny houses. Like kind of over here at the back where we, where we have church. And, and like it's cold. And they don't make fire. They push a button. And then all of a sudden there's fire. That's what it's like in my house at this moment. Just that mine is kind of half manual, half automatic. I'm like, yo, Judah, start a fire. And then he goes, of course, yes. <laughs> and then he starts this amazing fire. We nearly burnt the house down the other day. But it's so amazing. We love fire. But then there are sometimes that he would start the fire. He knows how to pack it. He knows what to do, and he does everything the same. But then sometimes he lights the blitz, it burns, but then the fire, the wood, just doesn't take hold of the flame, and it doesn't burn. So you can see there are embers. It's, it's, it's glowing. There is something that is starting there, you see, and that is what Paul is telling us, that the gifts in you it's there. It is lit. And that's what my boy needs to understand, that it is 
lit. It's not that it's dead. It is there. We just need to put in a little bit of effort to get it going. So what he would do is, um, at first, he, he, he would just give up. You know, obviously kids give up. It's like, oh, this fire is not working. And he goes, Dad, can you please help me? But he's realized, no, wait, I can do this. I've got to put some effort into it. So he has this new thing. He runs away from the fireplace, and he comes back with a stack of papers. And he goes, can I burn it? And every father in their right mind goes, of course you can. Burn it all, my boy. And like he takes it and he throws it in, he blows, it catches a light, he fans it, he literally fans it so that there could be a flame. And then before you know it, we've got fire with my highly evolved brain and this kid. We have fire. And, and, and so then we enjoy it. And a lot of us are like that with our spiritual walk with Jesus. There's this fire that just needs to be fanned into flame. This gift that we have that all we need to do is just put in some effort and it will burn, but we give up. But Paul is writing to Timothy and he's like, don't give up. Keep going. All you have to do, and this is the first point that I want us to, to look at, is that you've got to work it. You've got to put in some effort. You've got to put in something in order for the gift that's already lit in you to take light, to flame up. Uh, there, there we go. Another Marvel quote for those who, who, who don't know. I love it. Like, flame on, man. Come on, guys. We've got to get watching movies. I mean, there's Jesus in movies. <laughs> and that is what Paul is saying. is like, fan into flame. You've got to work it. No one else can do it for you. They can encourage you. They can tell you what to do. But you have to fan your gift. You have to put the effort in to getting your gift to grow. So um, I started, I was, I was chatting to one of the um, volunteers today, and I told him I, I started gymming again. Hey, and and it's, it hasn't been awesome, but it's awesome. And this is the thing. Everybody's got muscles. Everybody's got muscles, right? If you didn't have muscles, you couldn't walk. But everybody's got muscles. And you go to gym, and you want to grow your muscles, you want to look like me? No, not like me, like someone else that has a six-pack, you know, cheap people. I've got a barrel. Um, in order for you to grow your muscles, you have to put work in to grow them. It doesn't matter how many gyms you go to. It doesn't matter how many people talk you through the process. If you don't actually put in the work, your muscles aren't going to grow. It's the same with us as Christians. You can go to so many church services. You can listen to so many podcasts. You can read through so many devotionals. But if you do not put in the work, it is not going to grow. Your faith muscle is not going to grow. Your gift muscle is not going to grow. And then it's just going to stay where it is. But you need to know it is lit. You just have to work it. Come on. It's not always going to be easy. And there are going to be times that you're going to ask yourself, oh my gosh, should I have really done that? So we, we played rugby last week. And um, so, so, I mean, 
we, we were plowing the sand. Some people were falling. You have to see, like, man, I was like Flash Gordon. You couldn't even see me run. That's how fast I was going. And uh, there, there was, like, after everybody had finished playing rugby, you know, I was just taking the ball and I was chucking it to one of the guys. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I still got it. And then I got home and then I'm like, oh, I don't got it. <laughs> man, I felt like an old tree. Big and stuff. I just couldn't move. I just stood there. I'm like, babes, feed me. <laughs> it's like, it was that. It was that crazy. Why? Because I haven't used my muscles in so long. I've, I've, I've used them to do stuff to get me from point A to point B, but I haven't used them to do those functions for so long. And that's the problem. We have done stuff. We are created to do things, but if we don't work in it, it's not that it's gone, it's just that it's a little bit harder, it's a little bit tough. Afterwards, we doubt ourselves. How many of you guys have ever prayed for someone and then gone afterwards, it's like, hey, should I have really done that? How many of you guys have shared a word with someone and go, do you think that really worked? Yes, it did. If God prompted you to share some things, his words won't return to him void. It's you, the vessel that goes, oh my gosh, I've never done this before. Does this work? Yes, it does. Your muscles get so used to doing nothing. How many of you guys know that? You've got to work it to get used to it. I, I, I used the treadmill this week, and it was awesome. And I had this amazing track in my headphones. Man, you know that one, like, you feel like you're in 8 Mile, that Eminem movie. Like, yeah. People are looking at you. It's like, Yeah. And then you climb on that treadmill and you're like, I'm going to run the rubbish off this treadmill. And five seconds later, it's like, oh my gosh, this is awful. But this is still a good track. Yeah. And that's what it feels like to some of us. We've got this gift inside of us, but we just don't use it that often. Come on, you've got to work it. It's going to take some effort. It's going to be uncomfortable a lot of the times. But can I tell you something? You need to work it because you need to be the change you want to see in this world. And the world is waiting for us to step up. And so Paul writes to Timothy, fan into flame the gift that I have given you, that you have, sorry, the gift that you have by people that laid hands on you, that is in you. It's already lit. Come on, work it. Every day you've got to work it. Every day you've got to put in some effort. Don't get comfortable being an inactive Christian. It's very easy to slip into that mode where it's maybe not today. It's raining outside. I won't go to gym. It's raining outside. Man, maybe we should have cake, coffee. And we get comfortable doing nothing. We can get comfortable in our Christian life. It's like, that guy looks like he's in a bad mood. I won't talk to him now. Maybe Jesus needs you to talk to him now because you might miss that opportunity tomorrow or the next day, not because he's changed, but because you're getting comfortable in not being obedient to God's word. You see, obedient is the key that unlocks everything God has for you. It's as simple as, go do this. Yes, I will. Let me go. So don't get comfortable. You have to work it. But something I need to let you understand is, in the working, what you have is enough. 
It's not how much you have, it's what you do with what you have. Today is Father's Day. How many of you guys got showered with gifts? But it's how you use your gifts. I'm wearing my gifts right now. Ah, you don't know what it is. Could it be like perfume? Could it be underwear? You will never know because we have to social distance. And my wife says, Shh, Milo, just relax. But it's not how much you have as what you do with what you have. Um, when I was growing up, I used to play uh, this sport called inline hockey. Um, because obviously we don't have ice in South Africa or in most parts of the country. I come from Apumalanga. It's hot and dry. So there is no ice. The only ice you find there is that you go in your clippies and cola. Um, so, so we never got ice. <laughs> we never got ice because all people were drinking up our ice. So, um, so, you know, we used to put on rollerblades and we used to go play hockey. And um, we, we ended up making this team. We, 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 we signed up a provincial team and we had these cheap T-shirts Hey, that said Impia. It was a very long name. I can't even tell you what it says at this moment. But it was these gray, fluffy jerseys. And when we played against other teams, like from the Western Province, they were kitted out. They looked like they actually played ice hockey. And we sucked, man. Oh, you know those, the, those games where you walk on and... Uh, <laughs> it was like that kind of game. So we thought, you know what our problem is? We don't look the part. So we decided we're going to get like the best gear and then we got us cool jerseys. They were full sleeve hockey jerseys, but they were bright yellow. And we went from Impia to be called the Mapumalanga Swallows. It didn't improve our game, but people could see that we sucked from a distance because we were glowing. <laughs> but the thing that we understood, that we came to understand was we needed to put in the work. It wasn't how much we had because the gear didn't make us better. It was what we were doing with what we had that improved our game. So we had to work with it. We had to work it. And I've got to tell you, I've got to stress this so much is that what we have is enough. Your gifting that you have is enough. You are enough. You are enough for God to use. You are more than enough in the relationship that you are in. Can I go on to say, the person that's in the relationship with you is enough. It's what you do with what you have. Just having so much stuff doesn't make it better. We think we need more teaching. We think we need more um, podcast. We think we need more all we need is to take what we have and use it. I love how Paul starts this, um, this, this chapter. If you go and read verse 5, he's like, I am intrigued by your faith. And a lot of times when um, something goes wrong, we always feel like we need more of something so that we can get through this issue, this problem. Like it's just a commodity that we need to add to our lives. But it's not that we lack something. It's just that what we have, we haven't used. We don't know how it works. So Paul writes, fan into flame. And I love this. The, I read this portion of scripture this week as well. 
And Jesus is busy chatting. He's walking with his disciples and he's giving them life lessons. And in Luke 17, verse 5 to 6, it reads as follows. The apostles, which are his disciples, are busy walking with him. And so they say to Jesus, so they said to the Lord, increase our faith. Because they thought in order for us to be great, we need more faith. How many of you guys feel you need more faith? How many of you guys feel you need more of something to get through something? And then Jesus blows my mind as with his answer. He says in verse 6, he replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. It's not that we need more. It's that we need to use what we have. You are enough. A gift that doesn't get used is an ornament that is taking up space. How many ornaments do we have that is just cluttering up our lives? And God is saying, you have everything that you need to make a difference, to get breakthrough, to step out, to move forward. Use what you have. Come on, guys, take a risk. Take a risk. How many of you are afraid of heights? Me and Gravity, we have a really good relationship. She doesn't like to let me go. And I remember growing up as a kid, um, we went to the Valley of the Waves by Sun City. Wow, it was epic. And they've got this slide called the Slide of Courage. And, and they used to have this one advert where this guy in the zebra speedo did a front flip down this thing. And I was like, oh, that looks so amazing. I am going to do that. Not the flip, but the slide. And then we got there, and OMG, it was so high. It took me three days to get up that mountain. I was like, oh my. And then we got to the top, and the guy that is, you know, they have a guy, and he like throws you over. Not literally like, ah! no, no, he helps you, he nudges you. And, and it's my turn, and he goes, come, dude. I'm like, no, 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 let this, this kid go, let this kid go. And it's like five-year-old walks past, and he goes, yay, this granny comes and she goes, hey, Sonny, let's go. I'm like, no, granny, you go. I'm waiting for friends. And like, she goes, yay, teeth fall out. No, I'm just joking. It's like, and then the dude's like, dude, don't worry. Come, let me, let, let me help you. So me, scared, takes me, puts me in this little pool just before the edge, and he throws me over, and he catches me. He's like, don't worry. I will tell you when, we, when you need to go over. And he throws, and he grabs me again. He's like, I'm just getting you used to the flow of things. And he's still talking, and while he's talking, he throws, and he doesn't catch me. And I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> First day of my life. But can I tell you something? It didn't stop me from going again. I was fearful but fear didn't grip me. There's a lot of things in our lives that are scary, but just because you're scared doesn't mean that you can't do it. I proposed to my wife in a hot air balloon. Next level, people. I didn't raise the bar. I took it into the stratosphere. I was still scared, though. Scared. I dropped the ring, and then I was like, that's okay. We're not going to get married. Just get me down safely. It's fine. It's like that. But, you know, just because you're scared doesn't mean you can't do it. 
And this is how we move to the next thing. You are enough, but what you need to realize is that you need to flip the switch. I I was really scared of the dark as well. Man, I was very fearful growing up. And and I I was scared of the dark. So even when my parents sent me to get something in the room at nighttime, I would stand by the passage light and I tie myself and I go, Greater is he than is in me, than he that is in the world. <laughs> For God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I switch on the lights and I run, and it's like every light in that room like lit up. It was like I was the torchbearer for the Olympics. Lights are on. Get what I need. And then I run back. Lights off because I'm running backwards. I'm like, just because something might follow me. And, and like, get the lights off. And as I grew up, you know, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. However, a few days ago, I was in the bathroom one evening. And I come out of the bathroom and I see the passage light is on. I'm like, these kids... Why did they leave the light on? So I switch off the light in the bathroom and I walk to the passage, the end of the passage, and just as I switch the light off, my wife runs from the bedroom and she goes, Aah! The next thing you hear is clean up on aisle four. It's like, dude, I got such a fright, man. I was like, how crazy is that? It's not because I'm scared of the dark, it's because she gave me a fright. You see, we need to flip the switch. And that's not the light switch. It's the switch that is in us that goes out, moves our default setting from always being fearful to walking in what Timothy tells Paul, sorry, what Paul tells Timothy to walk in. Because check this out, in verse 7, he goes, Paul writes, for God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Our default setting a lot of times is of fear because we're scared of what might happen, what people might say, what people might think of us because of experiences, things we've seen and things we've heard. So our default switch is always said to fear, so don't do it. But Timothy, um, Paul writes to Timothy, it's like God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. On either sides of that word fear is a gift that God has already given you and a spirit that is stronger than fear. And it's not just one. It's power. It's love. It's self-control. So your fear will always be outnumbered. Your fear will always be outnumbered you, you will be walking around knowing it's like, I've got something in me that needs to come out. But when that switch goes down to fear, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to clap you on the head here, fear, because I've got power to make change. I've got love to be change. And I've got a sound mind. I've got self-control to understand that fear has no power over me. It only stops me from doing what I need to do. So I need to... Flip it. And that is what Paul is saying to Timothy. It's let. But come on, dude. What you have inside of you is enough. You are enough. You've just got to work it. And flip it, man. Sounds so weird saying it now. Flip it. Flip fear. You know, fear. Flip it. Another dad joke. Sounds weird. You are enough. 
fan into flame the gift that is in you. It's already there. And know this, God hasn't given you fear. The fear is a tool the enemy uses so that you don't step up, that you don't move forward. But God says, don't worry, I don't just have one up on him, I've got three. Because I have given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We were created to bring change. We were created to infect our environment. We were created to love the hell out of people. And he's given us that mind to understand that. You are more than enough. You have what it takes to bring change in your circle of influence and beyond. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are amazing. Father God, like Louis said today, happy Father's Day. We don't take enough time to just say thank you and bless you by telling you how amazing you are, by encouraging you through, through the words that we go, you are faithful always. You are reliable always. And we know you give the good the best gifts, Father God. So we thank you and we bless you. And Father, right now I pray over each and every person that is listening to this sermon that we will fan into flame those gifts that we have forgotten about, stopped using. Or Lord, if we've gone through the series and still don't know what we have, may we just work it, Father God, continually so it will grow into a flame that will ignite our town, our workplace, our province, heck, our country, Father God, so that we can see change. And we pray over everybody as well, Father God. May they walk in love and know that they are loved. May you walk in power and know that God will equip you for every good work. And may you always have the mind to know that you are worth it, that you are enough that you can do it. So we bless everyone today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.